1: Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Uh, A little uh, network news before we get into everything today. We're sorry we're coming a little late in the week, and the show will be a little shorter than usual. Um, Both Rob and I dealing with off-the-field issues, um, but hopefully you'll enjoy the show nonetheless. Uh, Rob, starting off, uh, our opening topic is going to be Sergio Aguero. His ownership has now surpassed Mohamed Salah's uh, for the first time this season, probably due to the fact that he has kinder fixtures. Uh, do you do you think that that accurately reflects their value?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I completely agree with how the uh, the the structure of of FPL is flowing to Aguero. When you look at Salah, given his price tag, given his recent returns, plus you add in that Saudi Omani is three dollars three dollars cheaper, basically outpointing Salah and the other options at midfield that are there compared to the other options at forwards that aren't doing much. Aguero's not, you know, blowing the doors off of anybody either. But, you know, he is sitting on 30 points. So I mean, for a forward to have that that many points 4 games into the season, you know, that's, you know, 7.7 points per game. That's pretty good for a forward and that pace, you know, that's 250 points for the year that's that's a phenomenal return for somebody that started at 11 million I think it's a matter of a his price is cheaper than Salah his point return is better than Salah right now and I think that the the options for forward compared to where you're going and downshifting in midfield are better than what they are at forward
1: yeah and I think part of the issue is that Mane is cannibalizing Salah's value to an extent just because people don't want to have to own both Liverpool guys money's less expensive they both have the same difficult fixtures coming up I mean in the Premier League alone I think they have City Chelsea and Tottenham coming up if memory serves and then in the Champions League they have to deal with uh who is it it's Napoli and PSG I think um then they have Chelsea again in the League Cup it's just like a very very difficult run
0: uh, I, I want to stay on Liverpool for a second because they are one of the the broader brushes of the FPL universe, and they do steer the pot of where ownership goes. Uh, given the upcoming schedule and the ownership rates of Liverpool defenders, you got Robertson at 23%, Van Dijk at 17%, Alexander Arnold at 16%, all in the top 10 ownership-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, are are you telling people, or are you are you holding your you know your guns on Liverpool defenders?
1: Um, I think a lot of people told a lot of people that they had to own Robertson, and so a lot of people will still hold on to him. And um, it's worth noting that uh, his attacking returns will probably not be limited by the teams he's facing. It's just the clean sheets that'll probably go. So if you wanted to, like, downshift to Holaboss, although I think if memory serves, they actually have a pretty rough stretch of things themselves. Um but if you're yeah, United and Arsenal in the next three. Um, if you're looking for a, an attacking player, you can find those in like Van Anholt or Holoboss, although he has those bad fixtures that I just mentioned. Um I I really I really wouldn't begrudge anybody either way. If you want to keep them, you think they're gonna have some surprise clean sheets, you think that Robertson's gonna keep getting his assists, or if you think Van Dyke's gonna get ahead, or if you think Trent Alexander Arnold is gonna play, I guess. Um I wouldn't really begrudge you keeping them, but if you're on your wild card, knowing those matches coming up, it may be the better part of Valor to look elsewhere.
0: Yeah, but his expected goals and expected assists are off the chart. I'm kidding.
1: I'm making fun of people right now. (laughs) Um, The other thing that's been happening this week, obviously, were the internationals, as it was the international break. So we've had some people that were, um, what's what's the technical term? balling out (laughs) over internationals. Um, Christian Eriksen, Romelu Lukaku, Eden Hazard, Richarlison all putting up pretty good performances. I think all of them scored multiple goals as well now that I think about it. Um, Does your perspective of any of those players change? Uh, Hazard aside, the other three uh, have had issues this year. Richarlison obviously uh, still suspended. Eriksen just the one assist thus far. Lukaku finally got his brace last week. But uh, are you allowing your perception of how people have played on internationals to translate into the FPL universe, or are you separating
0: between country and club? A little bit. I mean, <clears throat> there's two guys I'm really more hitting on than anybody else. We're Charleston. We'll probably touch in a little bit because I know we want to talk about injured players in a little bit. But I want to I want to touch on the Belgian du- duo over here, Lukaku and Hazard. Um, United's been better than their numbers offensively have have shown they are doing a lot of things right just not filling the the bread basket is what we'll call it um, Lukaku with you know 7.9 percent ownership 23 points is not giving you the return you hoped for out of 11 million yes he just came off of, of two of a two goal appearance against Burnley but everybody's scoring against Burnley and they don't play them again until the end of the year but given United's upcoming schedule, Watford, Wolves, West Ham, Newcastle, before they play Chelsea, basically almost closer to when we all start dressing up like Michael Myers, uh, United is a team that you could probably get a nice differential ownership on wise now, right now, not like next week because if you're going to monopolize on something, you should do it now because look at the ownerships of, you know, if you if you believe in Alexis Sanchez. I know I'm going off tangent here, but I, I more I'm, I'm United than Lukaku, than Lukaku on United uh, their ownership rates are, are leading you to believe that there's 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 meat on the bone there, given what United has done in the box, around the box, you know, wrapping boxes, whatever whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. Um, Hazard is, is in a similar situation. You know, he's basically – his last four starts, he scored four goals. So that, that includes club and country. So <clears throat> at 10.7, 27-point return right now. His ownership is getting a little inflated right now. It's at 20.4% because I think people are shifting their their Salah funds to Hazard given the upcoming schedule. And given the amount of transfers in this this week, I had it right in front of me and I clicked off, so give me a second, boom. He's being transferred in 254,000 times. Um, I don't have the the direct Hazard to Salah transferred in, transferred out rate, but I can guarantee it's probably a a good chunk because a lot of people are taking that additional 2.3 million and investing in, it in um, you know, either going to another forward. Uh, they're bolstering up. If they don't have a defender, they were they were relying on a 4.5 defender, and now they're like, okay, I can no longer go without a Mendy or an Alonso, so I'm doing that, and I'm getting into that game. <clears throat> so from that standpoint, Chelsea's schedule is still pretty good coming up, except for Liverpool in two weeks. But they have three out of five games that they can, should possibly roll, especially with Cardiff this week and you know, uh, West Ham the week after. Um, but people on wild card, they, they don't care. They're just buying te- buying the, the here and nows. And when we get into the later in the show, my team is basically a complete here and now. And basically everybody's name that's in the news or I, I'm speculating on is going to have a good little stretch here is in my team. Um, but, yeah, people coming off internationals and they, we, we, we always brought up the stat with um, <clears throat> in DFS when Christian Eriksen scored for his national team he scored over 30 points the game after for Spurs. He did it like six consecutive times in the last two years. So, I mean, that's DFS scoring. But with those kind of returns in DFS, he's obviously contributing to points that correlate to FPL. So if you're a if you're a buyer in said stats, all those expected stats and expectancy of of games and assists and, and scoring points in Premier League, then you're gonna buy into what they're doing in the internationals. Me me talking about it isn't gonna sway you. <laughs> looking at the transfer market definitely isn't going to sway you you know a lot of a lot of this game is <clears throat> seeing seeing the stats and seeing the games you can't look at one and look at the other and be like okay you know this is an eye test thing so i'm going to believe in the eye test but you know what i got to look at the the deeper rooted stats because sometimes the deeper rooted stats are it's they're like the clutch and you know your eyes are basically the 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 shifter so you can't have you can't shift gears without the clutch so you need both to to operate in basic sync to basically change gears in FPL Wow, that was a great analogy. I love it.
1: (laughs) Nailed it.
0: Um, Just regarding Hazard,
1: I I largely agree on the most part. Um, Just regarding Hazard, I don't think I've ever been
0: burned not owning Hazard. I have, but it happens because Hazard is one of those players. Hazard is one of those players. He's one of those players that once he's on a roll, he stays on a roll until he isn't. But that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But... (laughs) You know he is that he is that kind of player. He's the guy you want to listen. Now's the time to own Eden Hazard, mm. not in not in four weeks because they'll be playing you know the Liverpool's, the United's, and and teams of of better you know better merit. Hazard right now is is the hottest he's going to be until probably right around you know December when everybody's going to buy back in because they're going to have another international break. You know Chelsea will be in the flow of Europas and you'll you'll see what the the sorry system is and how everyone fits in there, who's rotating in, who's rotating out, who plays where in, in certain situations. And, and Hazard has now basically got over the World Cup, you know, the gas that he was, and he's finding his, his pitch. You know, he's finding his stride right now. So mm. owning Hazard right now, I think, is more more clutch than owning Mohamed Salah. And you could print that if you like. <clears throat> I mean, we'll probably just record it. You could do that too, but I, I'm saying to... <laughs> To, to grab viewers, maybe, or mm-hmm. listeners, put that in print and say, this guy, so-and-so, Mr. No Name, I'll leave myself security number two, okay. said Hazard yeah. is a better than Sloan.
1: <laughs> Noted. Um, he's definitely more Belgian, for whatever that's worth. Um, is he, though? Is he? So, the big match this weekend... Um, table-wise, is going to be Tottenham versus Liverpool. We've already mentioned your, your thoughts on some of the Liverpool players. Um, who do you think has the advantage this week,
0: and should people be targeting more on one club than the other? I don't know. I mean, who are you going to target on Spurs besides Kane right now and Kane and Ericsson? Lucas? I- question uh, i i would
1: i would have been anti erickson <laughs> before this week i think i'd mentioned before that i was going to sell him and i i have in my wild card um uh, but deli ali being out means erickson will probably actually be in a more advanced position again yeah.
0: yeah i you you would think and then lucas is definitely probably going to hold his spot uh human son is is making the rounds he's i don't know literally if he's back play. He, yeah. He's physically in the building today, but yeah. you'd imagine I don't think he's, Saturday's gonna yeah, he's not going to play 90, let's put it that way. He right. may come on. If the game is close at the end, you may see him for a 15, you know, 18-minute jaunt at the end um, if they need some offensive spunk. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, if people are buying Lucas Moore a ton, you know, 314,000 transfers in right now. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not telling people to steer clear of Spurs, but – Like I said with Hazard, uh, you know, don't buy just for this week. Look at Spurs' upcoming schedule when they start to get healthy and start to get fit. Brighton, Huddersfield, Cardiff, West Ham, the next five after Liverpool before they play Man City, uh, basically right around Halloween. Um, That's the time to invest in it. So I mean, if you're looking to to be one step ahead of the curve and don't care about you know the minimal gains that could possibly happen with Liverpool, Liverpool at home are a better team than you know go giving up goal wise, but you know, given the given the shoddiness or the the lack of starting talent that Spurs is going to uh, outside the normal eleven, I'm saying Spurs is still a very talented club. Don't get me wrong. Um, <clears throat> I just didn't want to insult you, Kevin. I'm sorry. Oh,
1: thanks. You know, um,
0: yeah, I'm I'm not telling people to steer clear of this game, but you know, the expectancy of people to be looking at this. All right, it's Spurs Liverpool. You know, I, I'm not expecting a ton of goals in this game. I think you know, even with Lloris out of this out of this game. The the Spurs defense is still intact. If if Vertonghen and Toby were out, I'd be like, oh okay, Liverpool's probably going to go up one goal because the one of those two is out because defensive is defense is just not going to be what it is. But having Loris miss is is that really that much more of a, a difference than having Vorm in there? Probably not that much. I think it's more likely that Spurs don't
1: keep a clean sheet, but whether or not Liverpool score two or more is really more on them than the switch.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying that the goal expectancy isn't going to jump, you know, astronomical because Lloris isn't in there or Spurs goal – Spurs expected goal score isn't going to go, you know, exponentially down because of Ali and, you know – the the likes are not going to be healthy because they have ample substitutions to go in there. Uh, this is when this is where soccer needs like war. They need wins above replacement with with FPL player yeah. to see when people come in. Um, <clears throat> I'm not I'm not saying that people should just completely invest in this game because I always and I think we always have this this conversation when there's when there's a big matchup of big clubs. I always expect it to be a close game like a one 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 nothing two one game rather than a, a four three game because you know what most of the times. The, the people who score in that in these games aren't the people you're holding onto, and the guys you really should be owning in, in FPL anyway. So, so I'm not saying steer clear. Let's put it this way: have your minimal investments. You know, don't go heavily on. Oh, you know, Salah and Mane are going to eat feast on feast on the backup goalie from Spurs, but he, they still have to play the same starting defense. That's more important than the goalie to me. I, that's just me.
1: So. Yeah, um, I'm wary of Kane. I don't have him in my. Oh, not team. this week. <clears throat> yeah, definitely not this week. Yeah, and I, I need to see better from him. But the problem is, if you aren't bringing him in this week, you're going to have a very hard time ever bringing him in. Well, it um, depends.
0: It depends on what money. you have. Yeah, it depends on what you have up top and what you have through the through the midfield to replaceable value. Once again, we're getting into the wins above replacement thing. Yeah. Who are you going to replace in midfield? And because. Getting Kane in isn't a one one move one move situation. It's not like In okay, multiple weeks, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get rid of Aguero and bring in Kane because you optimally you'd like to pair Kane with Aguero to optimize the best striker tandem that you could possibly do. But at that at behest of someone else in your midfield, you basically have to downgrade from probably your your midfield two all the way down to a punt to bring Kane that in because you probably don't have the money invested in your second forward to jump to Kane.
1: Yeah. Um also one note, um hate to correct you, but but um weirdly in Tottenham Liverpool it is usually the big name players that score. Uh well, the last score is in in this fixture. Kane, Salah, Salah, Wanyama, Kane, Son, Ali, Kane, Salah, Sane, Sturridge. Sturridge. Well it's not always Sturridge.
0: this game. I'm saying other games as well. Oh, like, like the big ones. Yeah, yeah. like Art like when it's Arsenal Chelsea. You know, there's always right, right. that obtuse goal score. But what's the what were the what's the last three games goal goal totals? For the for the Spurs Liverpool two two four one and two 0 okay. So so on average there's two and a half goals per game. Yeah, it,
1: it, it of of the big club matchups, I do feel like Tottenham Liverpool tends to be one of the more
0: exciting ones. Um, yeah, because they we'll do see. play more of an see. open European style. They do play more open, like instead yeah. of like a a stout Premier League style where they're like going to rest on their laurels and yeah. and play like Burnley ball. They do play like. You know, European style where they like to open it up. They like to challenge the other team where their weaknesses. They and like they to they both their press spaceship. high, which opens up space exactly. behind. Yeah. Exactly, and they both have forward, and they both have players on wide sides that can push the push the sides from both both left and right. Yep. So,
1: <clears throat> yeah, it, it'll it should be a very fun match. If you're in the states, try to wake up in time for it. If you're in England, you should definitely be awake for
0: it. Wake up, wake <laughs> up, wake up! It's the fifteenth of the month. It is actually. Oh wait, is it?
1: we mentioned earlier people are on their wild cards. There are some concerns for people, though. Uh, we mentioned Richarlison, how good he's doing. He's obviously still suspended. Zaha and Fraser, both of whom are, are, are highly touted in the FPL sphere right now, uh, both have yellow caution flags on them. If you're doing your wild card, how do you approach players with, with that little yellow exclamation point by their
0: name? Well, I mean, the the main two guys here are Fraser Richarlson who was the third I'm sorry Zaha. Third, Zaha Zaha looks like a go from everything I'm reading uh, from Ben Dinnery this morning and every every report I've seen even including his brother-in-law I think on Twitter said he was healthy Zaha so uh, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I'll I'll break it down into three separate factors here Frazier's a punt at, in your in your midfield who's giving you returns like a third midfielder so Holding on to him isn't going to kill you at his price tag, whatever it is, whatever you bought him in at five six, five five, whatever. Um, Zaha is basically your second forward. So if he plays and Benteki's already been ruled out, uh, so you're looking at Zaha in a system, possibly with Townsend on one with him on one side, Townsend on the other side, possibly Ayu and Sorluth up up top, maybe uh, you know, playing adjunct of him. You know, it becomes interesting because what we saw at Benteki this year is complete utter poo. Um, so anything better than than that is probably better for owning Zaha. Um, so I'm not leery about Zaha at all. If, if you want to be a Zaha believer, which everybody seems to be all the time, when Zaha is you know running on six cylinders and he's going, everyone there's more. I think Wilfred Zaha is the most hyped up fantasy player in the history of Adam uh, you know Dama Treore. Um, is is the guy that if you're looking at him, you're gonna buy him now because he's eligible for next week. So his price right now is 6.7. So this is as low as what going to go. He's not going to drop again, because we're recording this on Thursday, tomorrow's Friday. He won't have a price change between now and Sunday, because nobody's going to drop him when he's coming back. So he'll only go up. So if you're looking from an investment standpoint, where is a great buy now at 6.7, because he's probably going to go up to 6.8 before next game week. And given his returns on internationals, given Evidence, you know, lack of... Uh, when he's not a, or when he's not around, you know, people are going to start buying back into him because of what they've seen from him already and what they what they've seen on internationals. So, so Fraser is a is a hold if you own him because you know you're not really expecting much from him anyway. You've, whatever you've got from him, it's
1: before. more that the value that you save with him allows you to to invest it, it elsewhere.
0: Exactly. Basically, what you've gotten out of Fraser already is paying dividends. So if he's your fifth midfielder, he, he could stay there. He's not hurting you. Uh, Zaha, by all means, get him in. If if tomorrow you hear great health news and you feel that like you know the, he's going to start, I, I'd be all I'd be all over it. Uh, you know, comparably, look at his fixture compared to the other price price guys in his in his bracket. Ings, Mitrovic, you know they, they all you know Mitrovic has an awful fixture with City. Palace has Huddersfield away. Southampton is home to Brighton. I mean. Comparably, Zaha and, and Ings are probably the better of the two options in that price-ownable bracket. And then you have Richarlson, who is uh, in a buyer's market. If you want to buy him, buy him now, because at, at his price, he's not going to get any cheaper, and he's probably going to go up. So you're probably going to gain a penny by having him sit on the bench and be your fifth midfielder.
1: Yeah, so um, now that we've talked about the wild cards a bit, I figured we'd share our current wild card teams. These are thus far incomplete. I, I think both of us mentioned that we haven't really touched them in a few days just waiting to get all the press conference news out of the way um, before we launch in. But, Rob, we'll start with you. Who, who do you have currently lining up in your wildcard team?
0: Uh, I have still the same goalkeepers. I'm just not changing up the 4.5 guys. I have Begovic and Patricio. I'm not – I could just play the odds that one of them is going to have a good game and I have them in the lineup at the same time. Um, I'm investing heavily in my defense with expected returns. Uh Preemptively, I do not own one Liverpool player in my wildcard team right now. I have completely punted down off of them. I was a Robertson owner since, I think, day one. So I have punted off of that. My defense is Alonso, uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, uh, Mendy, and Holobas right now. Um, looking at it, it makes me kind of moist uh, because of the expectancy <laughs> of the points of return is just fantastic. But looking at it, I feel like I'm missing... A Liverpool player but given the the Liverpool schedule and what we what we just talked about given their games the eight games over 30 30 days that they have I believe between now and October 20th it's it's disgusting um, I'm I'm sailing off the Liverpool ship I'm just scared about the rotation I'm scared about the wear and tear I'm scared about them playing in so many FA Cup games and Champions League games so I'm steering clear of them especially on defense my midfield I have Roberto Pereira I brought I only have him in because he's playing at home against United his his home stats are completely different than his away stats. So if I get good returns out of one one game in a home game, fine. I can use him. I'll take it. I have Hazard, uh, James Madison, Michael Seri, and Ryan Frazier. Talked about Fraser already. I like I like Seri better than I like the Angolo Conte's of the world because I think he's more involved mm-hmm. in a in a Fulham attack that he can give you ample returns. Whereas Conte, you're like, okay, please hit the hit the net with your shot. Um, so on forwards. I went Mitrovic, Aguero, and I kind of punted a little bit because I had a lot of money, and I was looking for someone. I couldn't get up to Lukaku with what I had without punting completely somebody way off, and I didn't like the options like in midfield and defense. So I brought in Jamie Vardy as my third forward. Coming back from suspension, um, they're playing Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Newcastle in their next three games. Um, The last four fixtures with Bournemouth haven't had more than two goals scored in it between the two teams, so I'm not expecting much. But it's still Jamie Vardy. I mean, at 8.9, which I just brought him in at, his price did go down. He's owned in 3.2% of leagues. He's gonna he's gonna score one. He's gonna score a goal in one of these three games: Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Newcastle. I can almost guarantee. If I, will mm-hmm. give you a guarantee. That's you know, I guarantee. Um, <laughs> but so he's kind of my. Iffy. So if I wanted to punt back down I'd have more room to invest somewhere else. Like I could go down from Vardy to Ings and have a great fixture this week, but how how many times is, are, is Ings gonna score for Southampton, who is a offensively struggling team? I use quotation marks there, um, but yeah, I I, I like my team right now. I'll probably tinker once or once or twice more before kickoff at 7:30 Eastern Standard Time, but I'm 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 okay with it. I'm I'm happy with it. I have a million in the bank to tinker with if I want to get get up to somebody bigger. I can. But I wanted to have a little bit in the bank going into the, you know, the busy time of the year when everybody's playing FA Cup games, Champions League games, where all the FPL investments are made and, you know, everybody's schedule starts getting tighter.
1: Yeah, um, for my team, uh, I'm still sticking with Ryan and Begovic as my two goalkeepers. In my preseason ranks, I scheduled it out and thought that they had a decent combination of matchups through about week 15. Mm-hmm. And just because it hasn't been amazingly fruitful thus far, I'm not I'm not going to give up on that concept. Um, that's that's how I decided to split my 9.0. And I feel like if I quit on it now and then it succeeded, I'd never forgive myself. So we're just going to keep rolling with that, even though it means leading on Begovic for the next, uh, what is it, like three of the next five. Ryan has really but, bad matches. But he plays Premier League, so you're good. Yeah, you're right. Um, so uh, anyway, that's, that's them. Um, my back line is a little... Uh, Templity, um, Mendy, Alonso, Juan Basaka being the three obvious owns. Um, then Alexander, Arnold, and Mednarek. Um, Not sure how I'm going to change those. Alonso, Mendy, and Juan Basaka obviously have to stay. The other two, we'll see if I split that. Maybe two 4.5 guys to gamble mm-hmm. on instead of a 5.0 and a 3.9. Again, citing the difficult matches that Liverpool are about to face. Um, in midfield, Ryan Fraser is still in there with his caution flag. Uh, I currently have Mane and Salah in. Mm -hmm. Um, But I actually just wrote an article on why you don't have to own um, Sadio Mane. And it's largely based around the fact that Salah is better in just every statistical category, and it's not even a little bit close. Um, So if you're going to own one, still own Salah, I know you're off of it. And the question still is, is Salah actually 3.0 better than Mane? And that's a harder thing to judge. Um, But I'll I'll probably end my wildcard week with just one of those in. Um, Then uh, Lucas Mora and Stevens, just to round out, the 4.5 there. And then front line, I feel like this is not an uncommon one either. Aguero, Zaha, and Mitrovic. Um, Mitrovic is going to have some dif- difficult fixtures coming up, but um, he really doesn't struggle against tough opposition because um, mm-hmm. he's just a big lug of a dude. Um, he's going to cause issues for anybody he plays against, so I'm willing to buy in there. So obviously the, the big question marks for me are, which of the two Liverpool guys am I keeping? I'm assuming it'll be Salah and I'll get rid of Mane. Do I trust Zaha and Fraser with their yellow flags? And what do I do with Alexander, Arnold, and Bednarik? But the rest of it, I think I'm pretty settled with. Um, I have seen some people panicking about Lucas now that Sun's back. But with Deli Ali likely out for the next two-ish weeks um, with his injury, I think Lucas is definitely safe for those two weeks. Um, and at 7.1, the, the fact that he's playing you know, more advanced than Kane on the pitch, for the most part, uh, makes him just about a must-own. Which leads me into a listener question. Rob, we we got one we got a listener question oh boy we sure oh boy. did uh Jason bond sent us in a uh question which was if you had to name one player at each position goalkeeper defender midfielder and forward as must
0: owns who would they be who would they be and if i was if i would an inspirational fixture who would i be um well Jason, thank you for the question um it's it's funny with the goalkeepers uh you know, after after Aguero and Mende, who's the third Man City must own? Yeah. Ederson. Probably. Got to be, goalkeeper for me is is Ederson. Uh, defender is – listen, I can I can see a lot of people having, you know, flip a coin for, you know, Alonso or Mende. Um, I, I'm going to go Alonso only because I think he's more involved in uh, – you know scoring assists we've already seen what he's doing he's playing way ahead of the ball um, which is fantastic as a defender um, he's gone up just price wise he's gone up you know just a ton this year so if you've started with him you've you've, you've reaped the benefits of him um, so I'll go I'll go Alonso in midfield uh, mid midfielder this is where it starts to get difficult because is Salah and his price tag at 13 million and his 27 point return worth it giving Liverpool's upcoming fixtures I don't know. I think the the better investment in you know owning someone in midfield is their their return on points. So I'm looking at guys that are cheaper and giving you a, a return because I think you can build off of their price tag better than you can build off of Salah's. So I'm I'm not giving you one person there, Jason. I'm going to give you like a bracket. Give me the guys that are getting minutes every game under 7.0 and you could build off of them like whether you want to throw Roberto Pereira in this Pedro Jimmy Milner <laughs> or Richarlson guys like that into the into the fray I think those are the guys that are more intricate in the midfield and must own because I think you could build off of them better I think you could you know sprout your team in different directions with a cheaper more reliable return than banking on a 13.0 Tough schedule for the next month. Salat. Forward-wise, it's, it's an easy one. in Sergio Aguero.
1: Yeah. Um, Going to be pretty similar. Uh, I'll do Ederson at the back like you did. I'll just lean the Mendy way because his next five fixtures are easier than Alonso's next five fixtures. But go. it's kind of counterbalanced by the fact that Alonso actually scores goals while Mendy is, is stuck assisting, which still gets <laughs> you points. It just gets you yeah. less points. Um, in midfield, genuinely don't think there is one. Um, yeah, and, and Rob, you, you'll recall at the beginning of the season, I, I was like, I'm going to invest heavy in midfield. I'm going to get the midfielders that both created the most chances and had the most shots. So I started with Eriksen, De Bruyne, and Salah. Then De Bruyne got hurt. And then we all found out that midfield kind of doesn't matter this year. So yep. <laughs> that really didn't help me out. But I don't think there is a must-own midfielder. I think um, Fraser at 5.6 for how much he's involved is close to it. Lucas at 7.1, if he had guaranteed minutes, would be close to it. But I don't think there's a must-own forward, and up front, I think you kind of have to own both Aguero and one of Mitrovic or Wilson just to make mm-hmm. the rest of your team work. Like a, an established guy, and then a, a cheap guy that's doing the business at the moment.
0: You know the funny thing about Mitrovic? I, I think I read today he's only 23 years old. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it feel like he's been around for 110 years. The guy taught me in kindergarten. That's how <laughs> that's how mischievous that is.
1: Yeah, he broke through like at like 19, I think. Well, where was he? Underlect, if memory yeah. serves. I mean, oh, man, I really hope I was right because I get pretty mad about stuff. Mm, st- this is great radio, right? You uh, guys, he was you guys enjoy Partiz- being Partizan
0: violent? and then Anderlecht.
1: Yep, yep, Anderlecht nailed it. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, agreed. Yes, it is crazy that he's that young. Yeah, he broke through at Anderlecht in 2013, and he's 23 now. That was five years ago.
0: He's 18.
1: That's yeah. bonker pants. But he has he's, literally always been this size. <laughs> so. Yeah, like he he's,
0: he's a he's a block of granite. 23. Yeah, it's but pretty crazy. He was always the last kid in the fire drill. Is basically what we are saying.
1: <laughs> first team, first player picked for basketball. Yeah, um, maybe not. Serbia actually has had some pretty decent basketball players. They um, have. But uh, we're going to we're gonna end there. Like we said, we both have a lot of stuff going on. But we wanted to make sure to get something out this week. We're sorry that it's later in the week. Hopefully, you still get some use out of it here over the next couple of days. And we'll try to return to normal scheduling uh, going forward. But it seems we're a bit cursed at the moment. So we'll obviously let you know. Uh, Rob, tell the folks where they can find you.
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FPL underscore MNOP. And that's pretty much it. You can find me on this podcast. So keep the questions coming. Thank you, Jason Bond. I don't remember the rest of your Twitter handle, but... We'll 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 encapsulate that onto the uh, when we post this, um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be lurking around your your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, or wearing a Spider-Man costume.
1: Yeah, and I'm your other host, Kevin DeBrees. I couldn't hear any of what Rob said because my dogs were losing their whole gosh darn minds. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at kevroff you can find my writings over at goal under the gaming tab also be sure to check out the epl and championship roundtables that you can find on this very channel all right rob that'll do it for us today folks at home we hope you enjoyed listening best of luck to your teams this weekend unless you're in our mini leagues and we'll catch you next time